Amen. Well, in just a moment, we're going to dismiss our children to go to children's church. But kids, do you know what's going to happen Wednesday? Yes, that big yellow bus is going to pull out in front of our houses. And we're going to put these precious young'uns on it. And then all us parents are going to do a little dance. <laughs> and I know I'm Baptist, so don't tell anybody. But, um, but it's here. It's here. But we definitely, all kidding aside, we definitely want to pray for our kids. We want to pray for our teachers, our administrators, our bus drivers, support staff. Anyone, parents, anyone who has any involvement with our schools, um, it, it's so important that the kids get that foundation that our schools provide for them. And, and a new school year is starting, and we just want to pray that it be just amazing and that it be, be awesome. So be in prayer for our schools as they start this week. And, um, and I'm just joking. I'm not that happy about um, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. But at this time, Miss Edith is going to take the children for a time of children's church. So the children, you can go with Miss Edith. Got a good group this morning. You know, it's it's kind of funny because most Sundays, um, Aris and I, by the time he plans what he's going to sing and I plan what I'm going to preach, we don't really have the time to communicate, but the Lord always fits it together and it always works. Well, this week, I kind of had an idea and ahead of time, I asked him to sing that song that we just sang because, one, it fit perfectly with what I'm about to talk about. But two, how many times, you know, have we had somebody in our life, you know, tell us, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or, or this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And we get to the point of where they tell us that. And what do we say? Promises, promises. Heard it before. You say that, but is it really going to happen? Are you really going to follow through? But you know, we don't have to say that to God. We don't have to, even though sometimes we do, we don't have to. Because we can stand on God's, God's promises. You think about standing on something. When you're going to stand on something, you know, Mike just got back from Paraguay, and in a couple of weeks we're going to hear the report of how they... Um, of, of how all the things that they did, all the things that God did through them that week, but, but I was on one of those early trips about seven years ago, and, and Mike and some of the others were, were wiring up the, one of the church buildings, and I was helping, basically doing whatever I was told, because I didn't know what I was doing, but they needed somebody to go up and chisel out paths for them to put the wires through, and so Mike's like, oh, go get up on that ladder, and I'm like, what ladder? It was basically four sticks of wood barely nailed together and I guess because I was one of the lightest ones they put me up there but Heights and me have never been friends 
So I wasn't real sure about the foundation I was standing on. Even one time at my old church in New Orleans, we were, we were putting tar on the roof, and they had this old rickety ladder, and I froze up, and the fire department actually had to come get me down, and I'm not joking, because I needed that steady foundation. I'm not going to feel comfortable if I'm standing on something that I don't think is going to hold me, especially if I'm way up high. But you know... In life, it's the same way. We want that firm foundation under our spiritual feet. We want to know that, that we're standing on something that's solid. And when we try to stand on human promises and human effort, and, and you know, there, there's nothing wrong with helping each other out, and we do, and that's great. But, but the problem is we're all human, and we're all going to make mistakes at one time or another. So even the best person... It's going to let you down every now and then. They don't mean to, but they will. We will. But God never will. And when we sing standing on the promises, I've been singing it since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. But do we think about what that really means to stand on God's promises? And that's what I want to focus on today. And I want to look at just three verses. Joshua had brought Israel across the Jordan into the land that God had promised. And he had divided the land up among the tribes of Israel. And I want to pick up in Joshua chapter 21. And we're just going to look at verses 43 to 45. Joshua 21, 43 to 45. So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they possessed it and lived in it. And the Lord gave them rest on every side according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and no one of all their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. Father God, I ask that you bless the reading of your word. I ask that you bless our time together today. And I ask, Lord, that you just remind us of your promises. And give us the courage to stand on them. And Lord, you change our hearts, you change our minds, you change our attitudes, you change what needs to be changed in us. And Father, you receive the glory from everything that takes place today. In Jesus' name, amen. So first we see in the first two verses that God kept his promises to Israel. The first was to provide, to provide the land for them. He made the promise to Abram back in Genesis 13, 15. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants forever. He had promised Abram, who later would be Abraham, that he was going to give this land to him, to his descendants, and it was theirs. It was land, 
He promised it to them. Thus, it is called the promised land. So, you know, that sounds simple enough. But he promised this land to Israel. Numbers 33, 53 says, You shall take possession of the land, live in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. And we know the first time that Moses sent the spies in when they were getting ready to possess the land, ten of them came back and said, We can't do it. Ten of them came back and said, the people are too big. We can't overtake them. It, it can't be done. We got, we got to go somewhere else. But two, Joshua and Caleb, said, but the Lord has given us this land. We can take it. We will take it. But they had to wander for 40 years before they took it. Deuteronomy 11.31 says, For you about to cross the Jordan and go into the land to possess which the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall possess it and live in it. And he made this promise to Joshua in Joshua 1.3, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. Now God kept the promise of giving the land to his people that he made to Abraham. And while there was land in the region that they didn't occupy, the land that Joshua divided to Israel was the fulfillment of God's promise. Every place where your foot treads, I will give you. And God kept his promise. And he gave, he provided to Israel that which he had promised to provide to them. He also promised to protect. Verse 44, And the Lord gave them rest on every side according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and no one of all their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. Exodus 33, 14, he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And in Exodus 23, 30 and 31, says, I will drive them out before you little by little until you become fruitful and take possession of the land. I will fix your boundary from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the river Euphrates, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you will drive them out before you. And Deuteronomy 7.24 says, And he will deliver their kings into your hand, so that you shall make their name perish from under heaven. No man will be able to stand before you until you have destroyed them. All they had to do was go forward. All they had to do was be obedient. When God said, I've given you this, you go in, you drive the people out because I've given you this land. And Joshua and Caleb understood that. But there were some, like we said, the other ten spies said, no, we can't. They're too big, it's too much. But when they followed in obedience and went and possessed what God told them to possess, God gave them the victory over those people and drove those people off of the land that he was giving to his people. In Joshua 23, 1, he says, Now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side, and Joshua was old, advanced in years. I'm sure Joshua might not have been too happy about that part being included, but it just shows that God kept his promise. That he was going to protect them from their enemies. That he was going to give them rest from the strife that was around them. Now, again, there were still enemies in the land. God did fulfill this promise by defeating every enemy that Israel fought. Undefeated foes or pockets of resistance existed because Israel did not claim God's promise and engage with every enemy. 
God gave them the victory and they won the victories that they pursued. But the ones that they didn't, where they were disobedient, where they did not go in, those pockets of resistance, those enemies still existed. And Israel would face them down the road. So you say that's a nice history lesson, Pastor. But what does that mean for us? It means that just like Joshua trusted God to deliver on his promises and to keep the promises he made to Israel, we can trust the promises that God has made to us. We can trust the promises that we have and we can stand on those promises. And we're, and we're going to pretty much camp here the rest of our time today. Verse 45 says, Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. 1 Kings 8.56 You see Solomon saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to... To all that he promised, not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through Moses, his servant. Just as God kept his promises to his people long ago, we can count on him to keep the promises that he has made to us through his word. Y'all are going to get tired of me saying this. But right here contains the promises that God has made to you. Right here contains everything we need to know to get through this life and to prepare for the next. If you're not in it by now, I encourage you to be in it regularly. Today's a fine day to start. And if you are, keep it up. But I think it's so important that the church be in the word of God on a regular basis. That God's people be growing in his word. And that's how we're going to overcome all the stuff we're facing in this world. Alright, back to our regular scheduled programming. Commercial is over. But we have God's promises. And what are these promises? And we'd be here all day if we went through all of them. But I just want to go through a few of the promises that we have in God's word that we can stand on. The first, just like for Israel, provision. Philippians 4.19, Paul says, and my, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Supply all your needs. Needs is not spelled W-A-N-T-S. So you got that. There's a big difference between what you want and what you need. Now Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you all things for which you pray and ask. Believe that you have received them and they shall be granted to you. Now we can't take that verse and say well Lord I believe when I get home there's going to be a new Cadillac sitting in my, in my driveway. Or I believe that when I go to the bank, there's going to be a million dollars that I didn't know about 
sitting there in that account. No, you don't. You'd like it if that were to happen. But that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is when we pray in line with God's will, when we pray in tune with God, understanding that, yes, we can tell him what we want, but what he plans to do, what, he, what his will is for us, might not line up exactly the way we want it or the way we would draw it up if we were the ones in charge. But it's always going to be what's best. It's always going to be what we need. It's always going to make sure that we don't go without. He gives us the promise in Malachi, if we bring the tithes into the storehouse, he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings. You know what? If we are faithful in our giving back to the Lord from what he's blessed us with, we might not be rich. We might not have everything we want, but we're never going to go without. I don't know a tither who's ever gone without. We ain't rolling in no money, but we have everything we need. Because God provides. And when we see it that way, we understand and we can have peace about that. Because what we have is going to be enough. It's always going to be enough. He also promises us protection. Just as he did from their enemies Psalm 91.3 says, For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. If we are in Christ, Satan can't do anything to us. Sometimes I think Christians, we forget the protection that we have from the enemy. And we fear him when we don't have to. Because he can't get us. He can mess with us. He can make things difficult, but we can do that for ourselves. But he can't touch us. He can't have us. He can't separate us from what God has done when he came into our heart and made his dwelling there. Enemy has no power over you if you're in Christ. And we can stand on that promise. He also promises wisdom. Anybody need that? I do. <laughs> I do. James 1.5 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I don't know about you. I'm asking for it every day. Because he's promised to give it. Now, he doesn't give it to me all at one time. I have to keep asking for more. But I get wisdom for that day or for that moment or for that situation. But he's promised that he's going to reveal himself to us. He promised that he's going, and we have his revelation right here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. When we try to do it on our own, we're going to mess up. We're going to fail. But when we rely on his wisdom, he will make us wiser. But it's with his wisdom, not with the world's wisdom. And he will give us hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. 
He's promised that we're in Him that the plans He has for us are for our good. Now we may go through some, some struggles and some troubles and some trials getting there. And even while we're carrying out those plans, it's not going to be easy. But ultimately, there is a hope that there is a life beyond this life. And we're working on this earth to bring as many people to the Lord as we can to experience the next life. And we have a hope that the unbelieving world doesn't have. And he's promised us that. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He, he wants us to have life and have it to the fullest. Have it abundantly. And he's promised us rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Anybody tired? We did, we did a little yard work yesterday helping out one of our church members, and Gordon and Mike about worked me to death. No. <laughs> well, it wasn't really that bad. But, but I was pretty tired at the end, end of the day. But as we go on day after day after day, it's easy to get tired. It's easy to start burning out. It's easy to get weary. But, but Jesus has promised us if we come to him, he will give us rest. Not just rest from our enemies, but rest from the trials and tribulations and troubles of life and all the things that, that we could face. And with that rest comes peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, The steadfast in mind will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. And Paul writes in Philippians 4 that if we pray, if we come to God, bring in our requests, bring in our prayers and supplications and thanksgiving, then the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And thinking about this idea of peace. Anybody, was anybody outside Friday? I know some teachers were. And that part of the day was, was pretty warm. Okay, it was hot. It was hot. Sweltering heat. Some people became sick, became ill because the heat was, was so thick and so tough. But then later in the day, there was these crazy storms that popped up. Some really loud thunder. The, the electricity here went off for just a few seconds. Some, some wild lightning. Then later in the evening, we got a lot of rain. Weather, we can't, we can't control it, can we? And sometimes it affects us in a negative way. Sometimes we go through those times of heat that we feel like we're about to melt. That the heat of the world... The pressures that we're under, the stress of our day-to-day -day just seems like it's about to burn us up. And we need some relief. And Sometimes we go through those storms where we hear that thunder, we see that lightning. The rain is starting to, to pile up and we feel like we're going to drown. We feel like we're not going to make it. 
And then the winds start to blow and start to howl. And, and we're just trying to find some cover, trying to find some shelter, trying to find that place where we can be saved. Now, I'm from Louisiana, and we have these things called hurricanes. And when a hurricane is, is brewing, there's a place in the center of the hurricane that's called the eye. And in the eye, in the middle of that storm, the storm is whirling all around, but in the eye, it's calm. In the eye, it's peaceful. But in the eye, it means the storm is still coming because that storm is still moving. But what God has promised us is that those storms are going to whirl around us. That wind is going to blow. That lightning is going to flash. That thunder is going to crash. The, the waters are going to rise. The heat is going to, is going to melt. The cold is going to freeze us. Whatever it is, we can trust and stand on His promise that He will give us peace that while it's going crazy around us, even though we may not understand how we're going to get out of it, we may not understand what we're going to do about it, we know that God's got us, we know that we can rest, we know that we can be at peace because He's there with us. When you think God has left you, He hasn't. And he's promised peace and we need to claim that. And finally, he, last one we'll talk about, he's promised us forgiveness. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And 2 Chronicles 7.14, he says, My people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Jesus died so that we could have forgiveness of sin. He paid that price. It's paid for. It's done. If we accept it. If we confess our sin. If we humble ourselves and come to him and say, Lord, I'm nothing without you. I'm a sinner. I have broken your law. I have broken your commandments. I have failed you but I know that you paid the penalty for my sin I know that you died so that I could live I hereby come to you humbly confessing as a sinner believing in what you did for me and who you are and I ask for your forgiveness God's promise is that he's not going to turn you away God's promise is that you open your heart to him, he will come in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him. God's promises are perfect and never fail, but we have to claim them. And we do that. Well, when Israel claimed God's promises through faith and obedience, they came to pass. Likewise, we can stand on His promises, but through faith we have to believe that God is who He says He is and will do what He says He will do. And in obedience, we follow God's direction to the letter. 
And that's how we claim them. It's no effort on our part. It's believing that He is. Believing in what He can do. Putting our faith in Him and Him alone. And then when He reveals what we should do in response, we should just follow that. We just do what He says. That's how we claim those promises. That's how we stand on those promises. My question today is, is what... Are you standing on the promises? Are you relying on who God is and on what God has done? Or are there some areas in your life that you've kind of forgotten those promises? Or maybe you're at a place where you haven't yet started to stand on them because you haven't given Him your life. You haven't asked him to come in and be your Lord and Savior. Definitely want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Come and let me share with you how you can know that you have the salvation. You can claim these promises that are in God's word. Or maybe there's something else in your life that you're struggling with and just need prayer or need, or, or need prayer for someone else. I would invite you to come and let me pray with you then. Bill's also here if, if more come and so you don't want to wait. He's here and would be happy to pray with you as well, I know. Or maybe there's something else God's laid on your heart, something He would lead you to do. We just want to be obedient to Him. There's no reason that we have to wander around lost. There's no reason that we have to worry and be afraid because God has given us all these promises. That he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Will you stand on them today? And the, way, and the way that we stand on those promises is that we put our hand in the nail-scarred hand. That's what we're about to sing. And I just invite you, as we sing this song, to just be obedient to what God's saying to you in this moment. And respond as he leads.